Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of Acts with chapter 5, verses 12 through 42. When God continued to pour out His demonstrations of power through healings, tongues, and other miracles, the Sadducees continued to try to silence the gospel. The apostles were not silenced as they obeyed God rather than men. Please listen to Pastor Jim as he faithfully teaches today's portion of this week's message entitled, Power, Persecution, Progress. The power of God was poured out in those days. So what happens? The priest, priests persecuted again. Again, that, that hierarchy of the Jews uh, who did not believe tried to silence the message of the gospel. You see, Satan powerfully hates Christ and the gospel and those who believe in Christ and preach the gospel, and he will use anyone who shares his hatred for Jesus or who is clueless enough to go along with him. And again, Satan's willing dupes are the Sadducees, one of the main groups among the Pharisees. The Sadducees tended to control the priesthood. On the surface, what you're about to see is it's almost comical as the pompous, aristocratic, proud, arrogant Sadducees again decide, hey, let's throw the apostles in jail. That'll help. And this time, God doesn't even wait for humans to decide to to let them go. So look at verse 17. But the high priest rose up along with with all his associates, that is, the sect of the Sadducees. The Sadducees were the religious liberals. They, they did not believe in resurrection. So can you imagine how irksome it was that now there are thousands and thousands of people preaching about the resurrected Jesus, the one that they had crucified. Now, the other main faction is the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the, the, the super strict ones, the hyper-legalistic ones. You want to remember how to do it? The Sadducees did not believe in resurrection. That's why they're sad, you see. You'll never forget it again. Even if you try to, you won't be able to forget that again. Well, it says, they were filled with jealousy. This is, as we kept saying, our temple. We're the ones in charge here. You are a bunch of infiltrators. We don't like this. We don't like the message. We don't like you. Go away. Shut up. And they wouldn't. So they were filled with jealousy. They laid hands on the apostles and put them in a public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the gates of the prison, and taking them out, he said, Go, stand and speak to the people in the temple, the whole message of this life. Upon hearing this, they entered into the temple about daybreak and began to teach. I'd love to hear how they started the teaching that morning. 
funny thing happened to us after the service yesterday and on the way here this morning, another demonstration of the power of God. Well, they started at daybreak. First thing in their business day, the, the Sanhedrin, that governing body of the, of the Jews, dominated by Sadducees, but it included Pharisees, as you'll see. The Sanhedrin called themselves into session. They too could have said, a funny thing happened this morning. Look how it was for them in the middle of verse 21. Now, when the high priest and his associates came, they called the council together, even all the senate of the sons of Israel. Remember I explained when they had Peter and, uh, and John there, they, they were seated in a circle, and whoever was being interrogated was in the middle. So you were, you were very clearly on trial. Uh, and they sent orders to the prison house for them to be brought. But the officers who came did not find them in the prison. And they returned and reported back saying, we found the prison house locked quite securely and the guards standing at the doors. But when we had opened up, we found no one inside. Now, when the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them as to what would come of this. Now, the only reason they were greatly perplexed is they had ruled out the correct answer to what was going on, and life is perplexing when you've already rejected the right answer. You know, an an evolutionist rejects a priori the fact that God created everything from nothing in six days, and so he's ruled out the answer to the question, and he says, where did it all come from? Well, we never see it happen, so it must take a long time. So it was billions and billions of years. And it's absurd that you get greatly perplexed when you've eliminated the answer before you face the question. And they're so entrenched in their, their fossilized unbelief and their pride and their pomposity, it was perplexing. Now, we know what they should have said. It should have been something like, uh, guys... Remember that empty tomb? Well, those same guys that keep talking about Jesus and His resurrection, now they've left behind an empty jail too. And they're still preaching. So look what happens, verse 25. But someone came and reported to them, "Um, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain went along with the officers and proceeded to bring them back without violence, for they were afraid of the people that they might be stoned. Now, if you're trying to prove you're the big tough guy in town, if you're trying to uh, prove your authority and you can't keep 12 unarmed, peaceful men in jail any better than you can keep a dead body in a tomb, even with the help of soldiers, you got a problem. They're in a pickle here. So they had to proceed with an extremely uneasy caution. They were uh, so filled with jealousy. They were so frustrated that they might have resorted to anything, even death, to silence the apostles. But the people in general were insatiably curious about the miracles and the changed lives of all the people they were seeing. And the disciples were unwavering in their commitment. So the, the Sadducees, 
whom we know would resort even to murder. They worked for a year to try to get Jesus killed. They would do anything to defend their turf. So they were afraid they might be lynched if they got physical with the apostles. Now, a couple of comments there. One, observe that angry, proud, unbelieving people who will resort to violence automatically assume that everybody else thinks like they do and they would do the same things. They were so full of anger. They were so full of jealousy. They were so murderous. They assumed that if they did something, the other guys would murder them. That's how people think. And it's sad. Observe also that the apostles did not resist or protest. That could have become an ugly scene if they did. They could have stirred up the crowd, but they didn't. They could have demanded their rights, but they didn't. They could have called for their friends to rally and, and, and picket the Sanhedrin chambers, but they didn't. They remained peaceful, calm, rational, and zealously committed to preaching Christ crucified, risen, ascended, and coming again. So look at verse 27. When they had brought them, they stood them before the council, right in the middle of the circle. The high priest questioned them, saying, We gave you strict orders not to continue teaching in this name, and yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. What a question. There's no question there. That's just harumph. We're in charge. We don't like you. Be quiet and go away. That's what they wanted to say. And what infuriated them so much, you realize they actually, accidentally, gave a supreme compliment to the apostles? You have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. Uh, Hey, good on us. Praise God. The Holy Spirit is at work. Now, I'm sure there's some hyperbole in there, but hyperbole doesn't make sense unless there's some truth behind it. And it's true that wherever anybody might go in Jerusalem in those days, they would encounter Christians and they would be out in the open in the most visible area in the temple where they met day in and day out. And it's also interesting to notice that even the Sadducees were paying attention to the public preaching. They knew that Peter was right when he said they had put him to death. They knew he was right because, well, they did. So their fulminations were nothing but a tacit recognition that they were actually understanding the message. And that makes it all the worse because they were rejecting with full understanding. Yes, Peter was saying, His blood is on your hands. You put to death the Son of God. So the power poured, the priests persecuted, and the preaching persisted. There's no surprise here. The apostles were undaunted. Their defense, their answer to the question that wasn't really a question, was exactly the same as what they had said earlier and why they had returned to preaching even that very morning. Look at verses 29 to 32. But Peter and the apostles answered, 
We must obey God rather than men. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.